All statements and opinions expressed by guests of the Adult in the Room podcast are strictly their own and do not necessarily reflect the beliefs or opinions of the host, producers, or advertisers. All interviews are presented in their most complete possible form in the interests of free speech. No statements should be interpreted as financial, legal, or medical advice. Listener and viewer discretion are strongly advised. It's the Adult in the Room podcast with Victoria Taft. That's me. So, that asteroid we've all been fearing finally hit the other day. Welcome to the Adult in the Room podcast with Victoria Taft. And that asteroid aimed for the media space and it landed in the middle of Fox News. The left, seeking total information dominance, finally succeeded in turning Fox News into a news eunuch that will not Bigfoot MSNBC or the hapless CNN anymore. No, we'll have parody in the news business, which means we will have no exceptionalism. Tucker Carlson, the exceptional person at Fox News, is just blown out. His Tucker Carlson Tonight program was regularly in the top-rated cable news program slot. It was usually between him and the five his show on The Five had more than 3 million viewers per night. His nightly monologues became must-see viewing, the way our parents and grandparents relied on Johnny Carson's monologues for laughs and to indicate the cultural tells of the day. Speculation abounds about why Carlson was cut loose he was too big for his britches. He said bad things about his co-workers. There was a big lawsuit. And we'll go over all those. But there's one more big one that may make most the most sense. And I'm going to ask Tim Graham, who's with the Media Research Center's Newsbusters. He is the executive editor of Newsbusters. And if Brett Bozell is the heart of Newsbusters and of the Media Research Center, <clears throat> Tim Graham is the soul. And he's been, <laughs> I'm turning to him because I can speculate all day long and have often at PJ Media since uh, Tucker Carlson left. But Tim actually, Tim actually knows things. Welcome to the Adult in the Room podcast, Tim Graham. Thank you. Thanks for slumming. This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, lots of different speculative things, um, ideas about what happened to Tucker Carlson. And um, Okay. What do you think happened? Well, when Rupert Murdoch's Wall Street Journal is suggesting to us that they felt he was too insubordinate, said too many things that the bosses didn't like, um, that could be it. Um, I certainly don't think that this was something about how he was too conservative. Um, it feels to me like it's more of a who's in charge here. And I think that's a, a clash of egos. Um, really? I mean, it's, I mean, if he's still a mystery, I mean, Don Lemon being fired from CNN is not a mystery. It's just the only mystery was the delay. <laughs> you know, they said, we need to fix the ratings. Let's put Don Lemon in the morning. No. No. Said no one ever except no. at CNN. So, yes, obviously the mystery here, as you suggest, is that Tucker was the highest rated personage. And, uh, you know, this is mysterious. It's more mysterious than when they let Bill O'Reilly go. They had had to settle a bunch of lawsuits 
Um, and, you know, at that time, that certainly felt like a huge change for Fox. It didn't end up being a huge change. So color me skeptical that this, we'll see whether this is a huge change. Part of that actually depends on what Tucker decides to do next. Well, so that could, video he put yeah. out garnered more views than most television shows. So you could suggest what he does next um, could certainly color the way we perceive what Fox does next. In what uh, way? Well, in that, you know, if 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 the real reaction of Fox News viewers is, I'm not watching you at 8 o'clock or I'm not watching you at all, uh, that will be felt. I'm just not sure. You know, we had these same sorts of questions after the 2020 election when there was a real quite obvious um, drop in Fox's ratings after they prematurely called the Arizona uh, uh, results when they really did not have to do that. I don't know why they decided they had to be first on that call. You know, the liberal networks are never first to call a state that makes the Democrats look bad. Uh, so Fox recovered from that. Um, I think that the the real issue here is that the Fox viewer or the Newsmax viewer or the conservative talk radio listener is looking for that alternative information that the liberal media suppresses. And that's the real secret in terms of why these, um, you know, why these things are watched. Um, and I think to some degree, Fox has shown you can swap people in and swap people out and they can at least continue to be number one. I mean... You know, if Fox got so bad that it was below CNN, we could all be in crisis mode for them. Um, I'm just not sure that's going to happen because you're still you're still on the lookout for the stories that the others refuse to do. You know, what is going on? And even when they decide to do it, like, oh, there's this story about Hunter Biden. We're going to do two minutes and you won't hear it again tomorrow. Yeah. Content is king then again. We're all looking for alternative news. And we're and of course here we're trying to dig it up and say here's what here's what's not being covered that you should be looking out for. And you know, obviously that's not just Fox News, it's a whole range of conservative um YouTube channels and websites and radio shows and and places where you can get alternative information. Um investigative journalism on the conservative side is something we should all um be uh encouraged to look for. And yet, Tim Graham, you and I both know that the idea of the January 6th uh, investigative journalism, the the unseen videos that Kevin McCarthy allowed Tucker Carlson to see, that was a that was a 1.4 day story and no one else on Fox picked it up. What the hell happened? I, um, I, I certainly thought what was really illustrative about Tucker Carlson's look at these videos were, you know, to me, the videos were not epic, but they were still sort of revealing because these are the things that the committee didn't want anyone to see or to focus on. And I think what that underlined for us was just how you talk about information dominance. The, the Pelosi picked panel had a narrative and everyone followed it. There was this really bizarre moment the other night on the PBS NewsHour where Jonathan Capehart tried to argue that 
Fox didn't cover the January 6th hearings, which is bizarro because it's like they covered them all day long in the daytime. They only didn't cover them live in the evening. Uh, but, you know, they were right there with everyone else sharing hours and hours and hours of this very carefully prepackaged media. Is it, it, I don't know if you could call them hearings. They were not hearings in the conventional sense. Every once a in a while. Yeah. Every once in a while you get a witness. But remember, none of the witnesses, none of them, and a lot of them are Republicans and Trump employees, but none of them said anything surprising to the committee, anything that upset the people on the committee. There was really no dissent, uh, you know, in the hearings. And that's sort of what, what stood out then is that Tucker Carlson sort of bringing a different narrative and, and saying, this is actually what happened. This is some videos of some of the things we saw and questioning, you know, why was the, well, the prosecution of some of these people so severe? So, I mean, I, uh, I don't have a lot of conspiracy theories about January 6th, but I do have a strong suspicion that the, uh, that the liberal media only want one view of it. They just don't allow dissent. And the overwhelming rationale for what we're doing right now is to say, all these people who claim to be the saviors of democracy are information suppressors. They don't believe in democracy. They're, you know, they're, they're banning the English language one word at a time and uh, keeping what they keeping what they like or changing the meanings. Um, so the January 6th thing really does bother me. That was the fir very first thing my brain went to when I, <clears throat> excuse me, when, of course, we found out that Tucker Carlson had been blown out on Monday. And because I saw that the obvious reaction was, I mean, when, when the January 6th videos appeared and Tucker Carlson began, hey, it's going to be night one. This is it. Well, you expected there to be a night two and a night three and a night four. And a rumpled-looking, chastened-looking Tucker Carlson was there the next night, not leading, as I recall, with his own huge get, the big story. And it said to me, oh, um, somebody got to him. Somebody said, you know, no, this isn't going to work for us. So, you know, I, the six ways from Sunday Chuck Schumer situation, I kind of wondered about that. Well, there was overwhelming, hyperbolic opposition. Yes, when Schumer is basically suggesting to Murdoch that Tucker shouldn't be allowed to go on if for night two. This is, again, you say you believe in democracy, but you don't. You're not going to allow anybody to take an alternative interpretation of the camera views that we all could see with maybe a different spin and this is the way they are, is that anything that does not match their narrative is misinformation. And so, you know, I, I think that the, the interesting thing here was just the hyperbole from the liberals. We had, you know, Ken Burns, the PBS omnipresence, is sort of like comparing Tucker to Hitler and Stalin or something. I mean, and, and that's where you're, you know, this is dangerous that there's an alternative point of view. I mean... That may be the mentality over there at PBS. We'll take your dollars, punch you in the face, and say, thank us now. But, you know, democracy in action at PBS. 
yeah, democracy in action. We'll take that. Yeah, we'll take your money. You know and what democracy is at PBS? David Brooks and Jonathan Capehart agreeing with each other every Friday. <laughs> Drives me nuts. Uh, I, I defy anyone watching to go and read a Jonathan Capehart op-ed or whatever he's, his analysis and not shake your head a couple sentences in. Just not be shaking your head a couple sentences. In. It's 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 undoable. It always happens. So okay, back to Tucker just for a second. Uh, actually, for a lot. Um, so you really think it came down possibly to how big his britches were. He was thinking he was like too big for his britches. And I think, um, yeah, sure. I've been, I've been let go from a job because they, they thought I was being too big for my britches. Cause I, cause I actually said one time on the air, well, it's my show. And they really didn't like that. And it was like, oh my God, these people, they have such thin skin. What the hell? But I mean, it just made it much more easy for them to do that. The Murdoch family was getting too much pressure, I think, from him. And to what extent do you believe? And then Vince Colonnais put out a different idea the other day of what happened. I don't know if you heard it. I'll tell you about it in a second uh, on WMAL. And I just thought, holy crap, maybe it is true. But um, well, how much do you think the Dominion lawsuit had any role in this, Tim Graham? Um. If they were trying to fire people who really caused the problem on the Dominion lawsuit, you would have thought they would have started with the ones the liberals were speculating about, about Maria Bartiromo or Judge Janine. Um, one of the things that we keep pointing out is that when it came to Sidney Powell's Kraken revelations, Tucker Carlson said, she won't come on, she won't answer our questions, and you have to give us the truth about this. And so... He doesn't seem like the central guy here. And if you, you know, really the narrative out of Dominion when they were releasing all these embarrassing little text messages is it's Tucker saying, I hate Trump. He drives me crazy. When is he just going to go away? And, and part of that is I always thought the context for that was just how much pressure Trump was bringing to bear in that ah. December and January period to say, you have to put these people on. I mean, if you really want to blame somebody for Dominion, you could start with the former president. Uh, but uh, and because they put on all of these lawyers of his that he selected to make these wild and unsupported claims. And so I don't think it, it would be fair to say somehow Tucker has to be the scapegoat for the Dominion lawsuit. Yeah, yeah, I don't think so either. But I just wondered, I mean, he certainly wasn't central to it. It was just another lawfare program by the left, I always believed, just to get discovery so that they could get those text messages and and do whatever uh, to get their information so that they can bespoil Fox News even more than, than they already have. And I mean, I can remember them going after Fox during Bill O'Reilly's tenure there. And, and uh, you know, they've gone after Sean Hannity, with, uh, you know, hatchets and sickles. And so I, I don't see that that was necessarily any different, anything different from that, which has already occurred before against Fox News. But this time, for whatever reason, they really hit pay dirt. They got Fox uh, for the Bill O'Reilly stuff because the sex stuff or what have you. And then they got Tucker and then they tried to bring in a sex lawsuit or discrimination lawsuit into it, but they'd never met each other. So that was probably not a, that, 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 uh, that, you know, dog wasn't going to going to howl over that one. So. Well, I mean, it is um, we always have to factor in here. You know, uh, I did a 
television show on the old Paul Weyrich National Empowerment TV back in the 90s. And I and some Democrat strategist came on to sit next to me. Um, and she said to them, I wasn't sure whether to show up today because I don't really believe you should exist. And uh, I believe she said that on television. Uh, she didn't say it off camera. Uh, but it, 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 liberals really think that Fox is endangering to democracy because they don't agree with them. It, it, it's just the it's the craziest, nuttiest thing. And that's like our range of opinion is Pelosi to Liz Cheney in the current in, environment. That's as broad as something we're willing to consider. Um, it's the same way they were all pushing Colin Powell for president back years ago, and they said. The journalist said out loud, we're looking for a Republican we can work with. And that means, yeah, go along, get along. Nixon, Jerry Ford, 1970s Republicans. And that's just not where we are today. Just as a side note, they did find plenty. They found plenty of uh, reporters with whom they can deal over at the White House, the Biden White House. For example, the L.A. Times reporter who uh, gave up the question that she was planning to ask the president, and he had it in writing, and he was ready to answer it when he called upon her. Um, is that usually how it's done at the White House Correspondents Association, Tim Graham? Let's hope not. Uh, you know, the, the, the real scandal, there's several layers of scandal in this. Yes, the first one is these people all run around talking about how independent they are. Obviously, the, the comedy of, of the liberal media on these events is when there's a Republican in the White House, they're all like, it's our job to be difficult. Yeah. It's <laughs> our job to dissent and it's our job to hold power accountable. And then, you know, they put a Democrat in the White House and it's, it's our job to ask them what enchants them about being president. Yes. Right? Like Jeff sure Zeleny so. back in the day. So uh, <laughs> they're trying to, their defense line right now that the guy, the president clearly had the subject of the question and the gist of the question. It was right there on the sheet. And they were left with people like this Arlette Signs on CNN were saying, well, the question that she asked was longer and more complex than the notes the president had like that's any defense the the fact of the matter was yes this is what they call a two and two because there's two questions for the u.s president two questions from the foreign press in this case the south korean press uh and so he only had two questions coming from the u.s press and this was the first one and he had it right there uh, the, the photographer exposed he had the question right there so, yes, the whole question we should be asking is, yes, where on earth is the White House Correspondents Association to, to suggest you've all been compromised. You all don't look independent at all. You look like you're working hand in glove. But the real focus here ought to be on the Los Angeles Times. And are they really an independent newspaper or are they just hand in glove here? Because th this is a whole new level of hand in glove. You know, you could look at the coverage of Biden's uh, a re-election announcement, and they all sound like the president said this, the president said that, the president's looking forward to this, and the only real dissent in there was our polls show people don't really want him to run and they think he's too old. But there's nothing in there where they'll allow, because they're all a bunch of leftists, the president might be unpopular because not everybody wants to ride a bicycle 
You know, not ev- not everybody wants to to change genders. You know, not everybody wants an abortion. Uh, and, you know, that there's any position that the Democrats take that might be unpopular with somebody. They're just not going to allow that. So the only issue they're allowing is, gosh, maybe his age is an issue. Gee. Um, so I kind of wonder when the when there's no news at the White House, which is most days, um, and the White House press corps is just sitting around, can't they just, you know, be his dog walker or something? While he's, uh, he has a dog, right? Does does he have another dog? I think he still has a dog there. I think, he, yeah, look, it, there's lots of things going around that the president or the press secretary can be asked about. And sometimes you see that, you know, we were noting that Edward Lawrence of Fox Business was really throwing it, Karine Jean-Pierre talking about just how bad inflation has been the last couple of years. Um, just to try to underline this. And of course, the answers that she gives are crazy. Like, the border, the border is under control. You know, remember, all these people ran around about democracy dies in darkness and the truth's more important now than ever. And they let her say the craziest stuff. She was saying something the other day about how the Republicans want to melt your bones. And you're like... <laughs> Where are the fact checkers? You know, we, we we make that joke all the time. The president's three-minute announcement was chock full of lies and, and, and mean-spirited claims. Um, and, and the worst claim of all was saying, you know, we believe in honesty. No, you don't. We believe in being decent. That's why we call you Jim Crow 2.0. Um, so, you know, the, the, the idea that they have the stenography there, there are people there in the White House press corps who can ask a tough question. To me, the obvious question that you would have asked Biden in this press conference yesterday is, why is Hunter living in the White House right now? Is he trying to avoid yeah, the stripper the baby mama? <laughs> uh, and, you know, and, and the other scoops we've, that have recently surfaced about Hunter Biden that the networks will acknowledge for two minutes and then go back to Zoe Zephyr in Montana changing the world for people who can't accept what's in their pants. Oh, yes. Yes. God bless her. Um, no. <laughs> I had the one last thing I wanted to ask you about with respect to Tucker Carlson. And that is, uh, so Vince Colony is WMAL, worked with uh, Tucker at the Daily Caller. Did you did you hear this one? This is this was really pretty interesting. So the Murdoch br- brothers, or at least uh, the Murdoch family, decided on Friday night that Tucker Carlson would not have a job on Monday morning. And I've read that timeline. It's Friday nights when they made the decision. Friday nights, of course, when Tucker Carlson spoke at the Heritage Foundation and their 50th anniversary and talked about things that are transcendent of news, spoke of uh, the good and evil, right and wrong, and how when they ask you to... to make a political position on something, you've got to be able to decide if it's if it's the good or the bad. And so, um, so Vince is talking about this fine, and I've listened to the the whole speech, and he was speaking about prayer and you know how we've got to just come together as a country and all this other jazz. Okay, were you there by any chance, Tim Graham? Okay, okay. So anyway, so Vince says, well, 
Friday night, uh, I don't even know if he knew that at that point that Friday night was the night, but Friday Tucker makes this speech and he said, you know, Vanity Fair just recently did one on, or I guess within the last couple of years on Rupert Murdoch and how he had been betrothed to a woman and how the woman was a, you know, pretty out, uh, she's a Christian, but she really felt like the hand of God was on Tucker Carlson and told Rupert Murdoch that. And I guess the family couldn't get rid of her fast enough. She ends up on the outs. Tucker starts talking about God and prayer. And the next thing you know, he's out. Do you think that is possibly what happened here as well? Maybe fold it in a little bit. I might think that this was already sort of in the works before the speech, uh, but I, 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 this is again part of the mystery. I would say this: I don't trust Vanity Fair about nothing. Gabriel Sherman is not somebody who I find to be a reliable reporter. He's marinated in hate, um, and uh, you know he's writing for a Fox-hating audience. So I'm going to take that with a huge mountain of salt when he tries to make these claims. I'll say this: you know there are personalities at Fox who have made it very clear they sell books about their devotions, their religion. Uh, Shannon Bream has done it. Haley McEnany's done it. I think the Duffies have done it. So I don't think that Fox is against Christians per se. I will say Fox News is a Manhattan-based news corporation that is and has been for a long time pretty pro-LGBT. So they wouldn't be somebody you would accuse of being a Pat Robertson-style network. Um, I got in some trouble years ago, I guess it was back in 2008, when I dared to say on Fox and Friends that Rachel Maddow was a lesbian. Um, and, uh, and, that, and that was apparently a, a, the wrong thing for me to say, because it sounded disapproving. Uh, but uh, uh, I think the question was, is, is MSNBC going to move to the center now? I'm like, not with that chick. Um, I should have been in more trouble for saying chick. I didn't say chick. I always joked. I thought if I was going to get in trouble for that, I could have been much, make it a good foul against Rachel Maddow. Um, so I, you know, I don't think religion is at the center of it. Um, there could be some sort of distaste, uh, for his general spiels. Maybe, I don't know. I mean, it's intriguing about Tucker versus a Hannity where there's, really sort of a difference of opinion from one hour to the next, certainly on something like Ukraine. And so you won't see that at CNN or MSNBC. You don't see a difference of opinion from one hour to the next. It is really one, you know, unified mind across the schedule. Mm-hmm. How's, how's Sean Hannity's ratings doing? Well, I think to me, it's like Hannity has been very clear about saying he's not a journalist. Um, and so that's always disappointed to me on some level. It's like, well, that's kind of what we're looking for. But I think that <laughs> it's a I'm good not sure hour, it's a selling point, Sean. <laughs> it's a good hour of talk radio and television, you know? Yeah, and yeah. so, um, yeah, I think conservatives need to, to, to take the concept of journalism and say, we're for this. They always want to suggest that somehow we're against journalism. And what they're really what what they're saying here is if you object to our liberal bias, well, you just hate journalism. (laughs) You know, I was on one of these panels and they said, Tim, why do you hate democracy? (laughs) 
<laughs> we used to, yes, yes. We had a, a city councilman when I was in Portland doing uh, radio there. We had a city councilman, and that's exactly what he said every single time. What do you have against homeless people, Victoria? I don't have. No, why, why do you hate the fill-in-the-blank so, so very much? What is your personal problem with this? And um, I just thought it was funny. It's like, oh, sure, Randy, that's why. You always just want to say, it. I don't hate them, Randy. I just hate you. <laughs> um, I just, I just a couple more things. Uh, Dan Bongino, what's, did this have any connective tissue with Tucker Carlson at all with the Murdochs? I don't, I don't know. That one's a mystery too. And, it, and of course he's also disassociation from the radio show he does. So um, I'm just not sure what's going on with Dan. Uh I'm not as plugged in as maybe I should be. Um, you know, we spend most of our days watching liberals, 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 though. So. Oh, I see. Poor thing. Well, it's, look, you can't do it. You know, I've been doing this since 1989. You can't do it if you don't enjoy it. I mean, it's kind <laughs> of, it's amusing. Sometimes it's outrageous and ang it makes you angry, but a lot of times it just makes you go, come on. Who who is truly the dumbest person who does television right now? And well, can be right this, light, right or left. This is one of those things where Donald Trump and I can probably agree. I would think it's Don Lemon, uh, the late uh, great Don Lemon. Some people say it about David Muir, who is the uh, who does the evening news on ABC, because um, he's got. He's got an enormous pile of hair on top of his head. I like making the joke that he and Joe Scarborough, it's like Ratatouille. They have little rats that tell them how to <laughs> say the news. But yeah. uh, I, no, my joke, my joke about David Muir is always like, are you going to lead with the weather again? Tonight, <laughs> it's snowing in Minnesota. <laughs> I don't even watch him. So I know who, I mean, I, all I know, David Muir, I take myself very seriously. Huh? He and Scott Pelley, very seriously. <laughs> I mean, I have to say, though, I, I uh, some things are unlistenable. I'm a radio guy, as you know, and I, I get to the point. I used to be a screamer on the air. I can't stand listening to the screamers anymore, and I don't care what political background you are when or whether you're Bongino or Sean Hannity. I, I can't listen anymore. I mean, I just, you know, just not working for me. I think there's something to be said for passion, but, you know, I might, but my wife would tell me, stop yelling. <laughs> so I have that sort of internalized, um, puts a break on things. So you don't know for sure, for sure why Tucker Carlson got blown out, but you, you and I can both agree that the media landscape has changed until the next big star comes along for Fox News. Um, where do you think he'll end up? Talk about that landscape and then talk about where you think he might end up. Well, I'm, I, you know, I imagine it's not like he's going to say, I'm going to go down the steps to Newsmax or, or OAN or News Nation or something. I mean, I, a lot of people would assume he'd get some sort of sub stack or, you know, start a show on Rumble. I, you know, I don't know. You know, he can call me, though. You want to tell me? <laughs> the one time I talked to him on the phone, he yelled at me. So, is he a jerk? He was to me. I, <laughs> I mean, you know, a lot of people just cannot say sing his praises enough, and others said, "Well, he was dismissive," and you know, I'm just a little person, and yeah, that's just not cool. Well, I'm not much of an insider there. I, I, I was on the show early on and enjoyed being on the show, and. The show in that early phase when the liberals were still willing to show up was probably the best show, the way he would just 
all in the libs was quite satisfying. <laughs> so, uh, but I, I, I don't know what's going to happen, uh, but we're always willing to learn. Well, and that's what we appreciate about Newsbusters. And thank you so much, Tim Graham, Newsbusters, executive editor for coming on the Adult in the Room podcast. I really appreciate it. You're just a gem. Thank you so much. Thank you, Victoria. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Adult in the Room podcast. To keep the programs you like to listen to, please rate this podcast with a fantastic five stars on your Apple podcast app every time you listen and give me a great review plus of course subscribe to the podcast it makes a difference with the big tech algorithm and the big tech oligarchs and it makes us easier to find please get in touch with me on all the big tech stuff yeah we're still there using the names victoria taft or the adult in the room podcast on MeWe, parlor minds facebook twitter and instagram thanks to 1a cast for imaging editing and production the fantastic song is Gospel by the March 4th Band of Portland, Oregon. Music for Antifa versus Mike Strickland is Ride or Die by Raps by RC. The Adult in the Room podcast is also a production of Flamingo Road Studios. Remember, head up, heart out, and strive to be the adult in the room. Till next time, Mischief Managed.